Welcome to the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast that I created especially for conscious introvert entrepreneurs. And if you desire to grow and quantum scale without the hustle and are ready to discover the missing pieces to effortlessly running a solar line business, then this is for you. And I'm your host, Annalena Fuchs, a human design and energetic alignment coach. And my mission with this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to your most aligned path to success and financial freedom using a powerful combination of human design, science, and spirituality. And I myself have shifted from working nine to five to now enjoying the freedom of creating things on my own terms. And I want to help you do the same. It's Annalina here for another episode of the Art of Slowing Down podcast, and I'm super thrilled to have another amazing guest here with me today. His name is Nathaniel Woods, and I'm just really excited that you're here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's my one of my favorite topics, uh, the most undisclosed, undiscussed topic that has the most transformation, and I hope people stay to the end to see just why. Yeah, I'm actually super excited for this episode myself. And I'm just um introduce you formally and then we'll take it away, okay? So Nathaniel and I, we actually, we met online. We figured out about four years ago in one of the programs we signed up for and um, just recently connected more over things like human design and money. And Nathaniel is a highest health architect and transformational consultant and he's also an entrepreneur medical intuitive certified iridologist i hope i said that correct kinesiologist and nutritional and detoxification consultant and he's very passionate about healing people who want to step into their power after solving his own ibs candida trauma anemia and depression issues and he uses an advanced health analysis of your body to determine the root cause, deficiencies, weaknesses, and excesses. So I'm already really impressed just reading this here, and I want to know more. And <laughs> what I want to add on to this is that Nathaniel is a 4-6 emotional manifester. And he's actually very, very deep into his human design, he has been practicing it for over five years. And we had a nice chat before we started recording and um we were nerding out let's put it this way so <laughs> um another warm welcome beautiful so i would love to hear because that that's kind of what this podcast is all about is really about this art of slowing down and i would love to hear from you and and just from little sharing your biography i mean you have overcome some amazing stuff and like I said, I want to hear all about it and just whatever you feel called right now to share about this and how a slowing down was a really big part of that. Yeah. Um, I learned the value of slowing down, not from wisdom, but through suffering. Uh, so when I was born, uh, I couldn't breathe. So my mom was 18 and she was in her third trimester, um, a big of me in her belly. Uh, pregnancy. So one month before I was supposed to be born, two months before I was supposed to be born, my mom's driving down the highway and gets ejected out of the car after she um, veers off the highway and she flips her car and totals the car. It's her 69 Mustang. She's thrown out of the car. This led me to be premature. This also led me to have, um, I couldn't breathe when I was born. Mm -hmm. So I spent the first 11 days of my life without not being able to be touched in an incubator and I couldn't be breastfed. And this led to 15 years of chronic illness of, in, I put in air quotes, incurable illnesses, according to the medical industry. Yeah, I suffered uh, with asthma, like trying to breathe. I, I felt claustrophobic. I, I couldn't breathe for most of my life. My little brother who was two years younger than me also had asthma. Um, I had chronic constipation, chronic gut issues, um, cause when you're not breastfed, you can't, your, your, um, 
your immune system and the gut biome is not inoculated by the mother's breast milk. So mm -hmm. you're at a severe disadvantage. And I was already low birth weight at six pounds, one ounce. And my mom also smoked while I was in the, in the womb. So that contributed to more, you know, stressful factors during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. This led me to have to sit and suffer as a child in silence a lot. And the reason I bring this up is because they're kind of the invisible illnesses when you have irritable bowel syndrome, or you have candida infection, I developed a sugar addiction. And slowing down actually started for me as a kid, um, when I needed to escape pain. I would go into this, I noticed that when I observed my pain, if I reacted or resisted to it, it would get worse. Mm. And I also noticed that if asthma, when you're breathing, and you can't get your breath, the, what, at the time when I was a kid, they had these big masks called nebulizer and this big machine that my mom would put on and I'd have to sit and slowly practice deep breathing and inhale this um, solution. So the slowing down for me started very early and I, I had a relationship of always when life was fast, like getting up, going to school, mom was a single mom, stressed out, a lot of yelling in the in the family to being in a panic attack or an asthma attack to having to, I'd have to every time in order to get out of it, I'd have to slow down. Wow. That's such a amazing analogy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. are welcome. The, the other thing here, just to get before into the real wisdom that I, I gained as an adult of, and how it's impacted, you know, business growth and relationships and all the way to the 10 day silent meditation. I did actually did. 10 of those. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't put that. I forgot to tell you, I did 10 of those, not just one. Wow. Now I want to even hear more about it. <laughs> um, five of them. I, I, I'll go into this more in a little bit, but five of them, I, I did as a, what's called a, a sitter or a student. And that's where I received, and I did most like 10 days of silence, but five of them I did is what's called a server. And a server is where you actually meditate like three or four hours a day and you can speak. They're not silent. They're only silent during the hours of meditation. Um, mm -hmm. That's where we're basically providing all the food for like a hundred people. And we're serving the students um, because the whole meditation center was run on volunteers. So I was basically a volunteer for five of them um, mm -hmm. of the 10 and 10 days. So back to the, the story real quick about growing up with how slowing down has impacted my life and um, I had chronic developed a sugar addiction. I had, as you know, I'm emotionally defined and, and I'm a manifester. So when I, my emotions weren't accepted in my environment, when my feelings weren't acknowledged and I was, I felt controlled, um, I would rebel. And one of the ways I rebelled was binge eating. Actually, it was like self-harm. And, and I tried to shut down my emotions with my brother and I would do pizza eating contests and like <laughs> we would get a big giant, you know, pizza and we would try to eat more than each other. The problem was, is he was bigger than me, even though I was older and, mm -hmm. he, and I would eat more just to beat him, not to, uh, just out of competition and just to win because I'm the older brother, but that was a really bad habit. And it, it developed into sugar and chocolate addiction where um, I would, I developed anemia even worse because I was eating so much sugar and sugar actually pulls iron away from the blood and it de depletes, uh, especially refined white sugar, depletes the, the life force and the ability for the blood to retain oxygen. So um, that led to even more problems in my thinking actually. And my, that led to almost ADD like behaviors um, mm -hmm. And these, and being a manifester, these bursts of energy as a kid, and then these crashes, these, these real bursts of creativity, and then complete crashes. Um, and so I suffered until I finally sought out masters and teachers to uh, learn how to heal myself, because the only thing that they, the medical system offered me was as uh, the puffers, the um, inhalers. Yeah, the butyrol, and, right? Yes. And I, I quickly learned that never, it was always a band-aid. So I, I, I sought out, I said, any, anybody who's saying that they can help, I'm going to start going towards because they were saying that they couldn't help the medical industry. And so I studied my, I studied um, under many masters. I learned about detoxification. I learned about things that I could look, 
into my own health and understand we're going on. So I learned in iridology, which is the study of the eyes. I learned the study of the teeth, a study of the face, study of our skin, because I noticed that, I mean, it's really obvious, but when somebody is sick, you can see it in their face. Their, 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 um, their skin looks different. Their, um, their, uh, the bags underneath their eyes look different. The quality of their, you can set, you can tell when someone's really, really vibrantly healthy. So the reason is because our skin is an outward representation of what's going on in our organs and glands. And so I started, I wanted to learn, how could I learn this? How could I understand this? And I learned things like herbalism and kinesiology and detoxification. And I learned that all of my life, I had been filling myself and my body with things that were harming me. They were poison. And my family loved it. We celebrated it. You know, every, every Halloween we went and I got a big band. It was just Halloween. So I, I would get a, how do you say it was a, um, a pillowcase of candy. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. So that that led me to detoxing and healing myself on a physical level. But what I didn't understand, Annalena, was that the emotional level was the real cause of most of my illness. Mm. I just want to actually pause here right now because that's kind of huge. And because I actually started my coaching journey as a health coach. And it was more about the nutritional stuff. And I grew up in Germany. You know, my mom always made everything organic. So, and I, I came here to America, right? And I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, this is not for real. Plus they have GMOs here, right? Which is only country in the world where this is allowed. So I was, okay, I need to help people. And I, I started to work with, you know, more the health coaching aspect and what is it, what we put in our body but I learned that that always was also in a way a band-aid because we had to change something on the inside, right? It's like, yeah, you can eat healthy and do all the things, but most often people wouldn't continue doing that. I was like, there's something missing. And the word that came to me was like energetics, energy, and which is which is emotions. And I, I think especially for men, that can be a very taboo topic in some ways. And you are an emotional manifester, right? So in human design, you have that 35, 36 channel, that wave. So I would just love to hear your experience with that and what it took for you to actually also detoxify the bottled up emotions, if that, if you can say it this way, right? Absolutely. Uh, I have to be very blunt and honest that most of my life was crisis for the first 25 years. And um, there were the biggest piece. So I grew up on a ranch and the biggest piece I had was anytime I would get away from humans. And we had over, you know, a hundred different goats. We had anywhere from 10, anywhere from like five to 20 dogs, depending on if they were having babies. We had, uh, 20, 20 chickens, 40 rabbits, eight horses. Um, what else? So we had a bunch of animals. And what I'm saying is that my peace would come when I would remove myself from humans mm. and I would just go, I'd go lay with my dogs, just like cuddle with them and out on the grass. I would um, go play with my goats, um, which I would go feed the animals and be in nature. So nature was the only way I could. And what I, what I learned is that I had created behaviors and loops of behavior. Um, they're called trauma fields. Actually, they're, they're energetics of, repetition wounds or wounds that, uh, which are a wound is an unmet need and an unmet need happens a lot in a family dynamic. When let's say a parent doesn't validate a child or, uh, a child is resentful or angry because the parent did something, or there's power struggles going between the families because, and for me as a manifester, I was, I stuck, I was stuck in power struggle as a kid. Um, I wanted to have my own authority. I wanted to be my own person. I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. And my mom was like, you want to bet? No, take everything away from you. And I said, take it all away. Take it all away. You can't, like I was so set at those times in young teenage years uh, to, to be my own person and to assert it. And that led to a lot of disgruntled, unresolved uh, anger and hatred and set like, and then it hurt because I was going for something I felt was valuable. And then yet I was sacrificing the connection 
and feeling belonging and a part of my family. So I was isolating myself and that, that was not healthy. And so in order to heal that, I had to really learn to have self-reflection. And that's something that I think is really hard emotionally for people because I learned to create an identity of who I was as a rebel. I learned to, as a kid, I, I learned to that I was going to be my own person at all costs. And instead I realized that there's there's a better way. And I, I learned that there's wisdom of, I learned how to listen to people and I learned how to listen to my emotions rather than the previous pattern of stuffing them with food or, um, or even just escaping through actually those video games or computers and a lot of different things that I used at the time. And as an adult now, I've learned processes to embrace emotion as a form of intelligence, as a form of wisdom, as a form of understanding what's actually going on, um, and ultimately understanding where my own wounding is and where I can take fuller, deeper responsibility for me stepping in my own power. And so how did I get the anger out? How did I release it? Honestly, it came out the wrong way until I was like unconsciously. So I, I think there's two ways we process wounds, process wounds or or the unconscious. And that is consciously and unconsciously. In in a, let's just, for example, we uh, the unconscious is in an example, we are in a relationship and that person is the exact model of one of our parents or, or, or the previous relationship and the previous relationship. And that was an example of your mom or dad. Well, what happens is these are our unconscious we become attracted and magnetized and polarized and to that same dynamic, the same energy, the same unresolved um, energetics. Yeah. And are you familiar with some of this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we we tend to, because it's familiar, we actually mistake it with love in some way. Like for example, maybe as a child, you you felt like you weren't loved, right? Or there was a, like an on and off and on and off all the time, then that's what you're looking in a relationship, right? Or the, the same traits that we have with our parents, we co-create it unconsciously. It's not like we do it on purpose. Let me find my mom or my dad. And also I want to say, I'm not pointing at our parents. They, it's not like no. they did something wrong or something, right? No. They had their own wounding. This is just really for, for awareness for us here, but definitely... Yeah, we have those tendencies to attract the same dynamics and relationships over and over again until we come to a place of actually having the courage to, okay, I want to heal this. I want to let go of this and actually be myself, right? And and be like a whole person in a relationship where you want to be with somebody because you want to be with somebody, not because you need it, right? That That like... Um, it's it's an it can mean like an addiction in some way, right? We're addicted to the toxic behaviors because somehow that gives us a thrill and it makes us feel loved or something like that. So, exactly, I'd love to go deeper into that because um, one of the principles of the work that I do, and and I think you will under you would relate and possibly agree. You can tell me, but but Bruce Lipton, um, Doctor Bruce Lipton, who wrote the book called Biology of Belief. He states that 90, our, uh, 92% of our life is driven by our subconscious mind, the, the part that we are not aware of. Mm. Um, and so I, I, with the same, through my work and my understanding, through the same spirit of understanding of that is wounding, which I describe a wound is simply as simple as an unmet need, is probably one of the biggest drivers of our behavior, of, of human behavior, um, that we don't really fully comprehend. And when we acknowledge that everybody has needs that they aren't met, because this is the nature of our world at this current level of consciousness, this current level of awareness, and that there is no perfect parent, there's no such thing, and we're all we're all flawed and, and imperfect. Um, not, not flawed, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Thing. it's we all have our our wounds that be, everything that is unresolved will play itself out in some way because we are just like when we cut ourselves we heal 
we are our subconscious and our orientation is to heal. And we create opportunities through our choices, like you talked about, to match those experiences to resolve it so that we can evolve past it and we can have a fulfilled life without that uh, dynamic anymore. And so one of the reasons you said we're attracted to that toxicity is considered, it's called trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. And trauma bonding is when uh, a bond is created or when a, a person like a child in this case with a parent finds that they get their needs met or they believe they'll be safer if um, they go to their parent over and over again. Um, but but it was based in a trauma. Sorry, let me say it this way. A trauma happened and then they chose to continuously go back to it over and over again to get a need met. So it's a it's a bonding through trauma. And it, it's probably one of the most challenging things because in this case, the child believes he's going to get their needs met through bonding to the adult and the parent. And it continues and continues through relationships as the child thinks, or the adult who is who was a child in the new relationship thinks they're going to get their needs met from the new relationship that they never got from their parents. Yeah. So that's just a little bit di diving deeper about there. The reason, but this is really related to slowing down because it takes slowing down to find these hidden cracks. We'll call them hidden cracks in the crevices to heal them. Because on the other side of us healing these wounds is our power, is our gifts, our clairvoyance, clairsentience, our intuition. On the other side of this trapped energy, which I call wounding or, or trauma, whatever you want to call it, or unmet needs, is your fullest potential that you are here to be. And you can't, uh, this is my understanding, we cannot be our fullest self as long as we have unre un unresolved wounding uh, or major unresolved wounding. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Annalena? Oh, I totally, it does resonate a lot because when we have, and even from my own experience, when I, you know, and, and it's always a journey. I cannot say like, oh, done the work 100% and there's nothing left right so but if I look back for example like four or five years ago I can definitely say that I could not be stepping fully into my power like I can today because there was so much emotional trauma like I, I got like sucked up in the triggers in some way right and I was overly obsessing thinking about other people and what they were doing and what it meant about myself and um kind of like wasting my time and my energy about not myself in some way right but I couldn't that was my coping with that in some way and it would impact how I would show up in other areas in my life in my business and, and everything right like and and now that what I have felt the more I've done the I call it the inner work the deconditioning right like mm -hmm. that's and it's very like I start to judge myself for those things and I'm, I'm more like now when a trigger comes up like oh, it's another thing that wants to be released so take me to the next level right and yeah. even sometimes it's uncomfortable right and you said something really important just really quick take me to the next level like you you just equated a trigger which was normally something that was bad or like you just said oh look the next level's calling that is a that is a mindset that will take you very far and take you endlessly far and i believe that not mindset that is an understanding that is a proper understanding so i just wanted to honor that so go ahead no thank you for that yeah and it, it definitely took some time to to get there and it's still uncomfortable when this comes up but i have now come to this place that i literally like talk about this now like um, oh, I guess the next up level is around the corner because um, so many emotions are coming up and all the triggers and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm also, by the way, as a side note, going through the Venus sequence right now in the jinkies. So I could definitely feel it intensified a little bit, but it's like the, I think I heard this one time and it made so much sense when we have all these suppressed emotions you know, I think it takes us 90% of our energy to keep suppressing them or something like that. And I was like, that wasn't a highlight bulb moment for me. It's like, wait, what? I'm using 90% of my precious energy 
to keep suppressing this trauma, which is holding me back from being my fullest self, I got this mm-hmm. wrong. So I started to one layer at a time. Again, this is not easy work. I'm not going to lie, right? Um, but it's doable. It's totally is when we're committed to it. And I have started to feel lighter and lighter and lighter. And like the, the heaviness lifts off. And also when triggers come up and we feel those emotions very intense and I have as you know open solar plexus can be feel super intense and I can like to run away from that or avoid it by all means that I'm more of the observer now mm-hmm. you know and and kind of like I, I no longer like identify like I used to judge myself like why am I feeling so off today and now I can more fully function in my day even though you know I, I move through it quicker let's put it this way because I mean, emotions, it's a cycle that want to be felt, right? And what we have learned is to interrupt the cycle. Now, we just need to finish feeling it. And every feeling, what is it, like 20 seconds, 30 seconds? It's actually, it has moved through us in some way, right? So I can now be more with the discomfort in the moment. And that is magical. I mean, that that is honestly one of the biggest secrets I have uncovered. Instead of, oh, I feel um emotional or something is up and i i want to react so i feel better that always turns into more turmoil right but if i can just be with this and like wow this hurts this feels uncomfortable so all the stories i'm creating in my head and i can actually breathe into that and like slow down and then literally so many times like magical stuff has happened. And like like for me, one of the big things for me is this fear of rejection, which I from childhood have experienced so many times. And like, wow, incredible how your reality can start to shift when you no longer are the victim of it, but actually like see it as it's cleaning it up from the inside and it's fuel for change and growth and expansion, right? Of who you really are so i could feel and see how much uh just when you did the breath and you demonstrated it i could feel your whole the, the frequency your energy getting lighter getting more uh higher frequency and cleaner and clearer just because you even bringing up the you know bringing up the awareness of some of the challenge and then doing the breath and then it created spaciousness oh. It was it was really beautiful to watch, and I think people should model that and try that. Um, who watch this? And what I, I mentioned earlier, just to build on what you were saying, there's two ways we can process this. We can process everything that is unresolved consciously or unconsciously, and unconsciously is always more painful. It's always harder, and it's always going to be. Um, it takes longer. Those are the three things I want people to understand. And unconsciously normally happens when that circumstance or that person says that one thing, or you read that one post or your parents did that one thing or the it's holiday season coming up. So uh, everybody in the spiritual community or any sort of personal growth knows that if you want to measure your growth, uh, you just, and you let's say you think you've grown really, really well. And you think you've healed all your stuff. Just go spend, you know, some time with your family. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I have to laugh. You will know, you will know for yourself how much growth you have left. <laughs> so that is an example that I think many people can relate to is spending time around people where let's just say a lot of our identity, our a lot of our beliefs, a lot of our understandings and worldviews were formed originally. Um, a lot of our unconscious was formed. When you spend time around those people, it will bring light and awareness into parts of you that maybe not had light or awareness of. And this is where triggers, the term trigger happens. And a trigger is simply an unconscious reaction to a stimulus that is a past event that is unresolved. And it's a trigger is always a wound that then brings that past wound into the present time. So we as an adult, let's say I'm, you know, at my age now, when I get triggered, it, no, I'm no longer my age. I become a younger self that is viewing the world from a wound that has that perspective. And that wound is 
let's say the lens, like you, I'll use your example that you had. I was rejected many times. So you, you said rejection. So we'll use that one. Um, and if I have a lens and I'm looking through glasses of, I'm going to be rejected, I'm projecting onto the world, which is not real, but that I'm going to be rejected. So that is, that's what triggers are for those who maybe want a clearer definition. And that's an unconscious reaction. Now, the conscious way to heal and and to re to remove wounding, to to resolve wounding, to remove triggers, is to do it in a proactive way, consciously, like with uh, a practitioner, somebody who can guide you uh, or teach you the process to do on your own, um, to go and find these wounds before they get triggered. To go, which are most of the wounds are in the unconscious. Now, remember, I'm we're only talking about wounding because this is the key to your power. Okay, I'm only talking about this because this is the key to be in alignment with your true uh, human design, your true gene keys, your life path, your your inner authority. This is the lock and key mechanism to seeing the world clearer, to see the world as it is, and maybe not as we think it is, or our wounding paints it to be, and. The last thing I wanted to mention about this, um, the reason I'm talking about wounding is because like Annalena said, your next level is just around the corner. <laughs> we could, it, it's, it's you're either one trigger away or you're um, uh, one proactive, conscious, deep dive into that which is not resolved to recapture your power. And um, so, so consciously is the other way we can resolve these through advanced work. And there's a, there's a body of work that I use that one of my mentors taught me called wound work. And we use that. We, we actually use the, we can tap into the subconscious into the body and find old wounds immediately at will based off theme. Let's say the wound of rejection, the wound of um, unconscious pre-verbal wounds, like womb wounds, uh, wounds around, you know, teenage years, relationships, whatever it is, there's a way you can focus and target the specific wounds. And with my clients, what we actually do is let's say they want to grow their business or you and I were talking about money on Alina. Money can have a lot of loaded emotion around it. It can have a lot of beliefs around it. And there's a lot of wounding around it. Mm -hmm. So when I, I actually guide my clients to um, be able to access and feel and understand and, and take full responsibility of the block and their beliefs around money and realize they're like, wow, I didn't even know I still had that. And, and it's literally, we, we use this analogy when I was talking to you earlier, money is a divine source of light and, and purity. There's money is not evil. And if you believe it's evil, you are, I'm sorry, I can show you, come talk to me. It's not true. Um, and, I can prove, I can not prove it. I can show you how to experience that it money is not evil. That's what I can say. Um, Love it. Money is like a river. It's, it is, it is a source energy that comes from the, the all goodness, the source of goodness to fuel uh, everyone. Um, and money is not just paper. Money is, is energetic, energetic and has a consciousness of its own. And that consciousness wants goodwill for you. And it also respects your free will. It is because it is light. It is divine. It is, it is divine means it's in service to you, meaning it's here to uplift us. It's here to, to, to strengthen us. Just like our body is in service to us to make our, it's here to always work on our behalf and never against us. That's what in service means in, in this context. So when here we have an analogy of a river, I, I shared this with you, Annalena, and we're on the bank and um, of the river, and we want to allow money into our life. We all have a dam, and it's I use my arm here, and and you open the the gates, and most people who think money are evil or money's bad or money's going to harm you is like a closed dam, and you're not allowing money to come to you. You don't you because money respects your free will. If you don't want it, it's never going to violate your free will. It's never going to cross over your dam and your boundary and say, oh, here, have it anyway. So what has to happen is your beliefs and your understandings and your respect for money and needs to open up like a, like a doorway and allow it to flow to you because it wants to. It wants to flow to those who respect, love, and value it and can be a good steward of money. So um, just before I, I'm rambling, do you have anything you want to share on it, Anna? I know.
Oh, and yeah, I mean, we we had a little money conversation before we got on. But I, I love I love that analogy, and it's just like I mean, money. But when we talk about wounding and triggers, like money is a huge. We could talk about a whole nother episode about that in itself, right? Um, but money is also I, I like to call it the, the spiritual teacher in a way, right? That money is actually here for also us to help heal some of these woundings, so we can step into our next level whatever that that looks like uh, uniquely for us um so thank you so much for yeah sharing that also with the, the conscious and the unconscious way of how we can yeah because we it's kind of like we, oh we wait until the trigger comes and then people often cannot deal with it and run away or hey let me be proactive because i know there's a bunch of stuff i can sense it i can feel it and i think if if you're human like us <laughs> we probably all have a little bit of that right that's just part of who we are and I also feel that whatever work I'm doing, it actually benefits so many other people, you know, because we just share this up, uplifted energy with everybody else around us. And what I would love to hear from you now is your experience with that 10 day silent retreat, like what that did for you. And like you said, well, you had 10 of those. So you had a hundred days in complete silence or yeah yeah um i am gonna go here there's one little thing to complete complete that that i think is entertaining and funny and uh, you'll enjoy it um how how annalena how do you know if you have wounding how does one know well definitely i mean triggers come up and you know that you're not really living your purpose, you know, and you compare yourself all the time. You're constantly looking on the outside for the answers, right? Mm -hmm. You don't trust yourself. Like, I, I mean, there's tons of stuff, I guess. I agree. Every one of those are right. And there's one way that's even simpler to find out. Just take your two fingers and put it right here on your wrist. And if you feel a pulse, do you feel a pulse? Then you have wounding. Oh, yeah, because you're human. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, <that's>, yeah, I <laughs> I'm just being playful, um, but, yeah, it, yeah. but being sincere as well. Um, it's just the current state of being of being a human. It's really where we're at as as a collective. Um, but to transition to your question now, thank you for letting me just share that. I love um, your question was um, about the 10-day silent meditation and... So it wasn't a hundred days of silence. Five of the 10 day silent meditations were um, half of the time when I was prepping food in the kitchen for the hundred students with a team, we could talk. Um, they encouraged us to practice our meditation while we were, you know, prepping all the food. Um, so I was a student, I was not a student. Um, there's two types. There's called a student and that's when you're silent completely or you're a server. So five of the 10 days, I was a server there. And that was, I was practicing. I grew up as a, as an American capitalistic society, you know, person. I would, I, I thought service was like a, something you know, that's, I'm not a servant. Like I, I had an ego about it growing up. And so part of my practice after I, I sat for the first 10 days, it was the, I had the most resistance to becoming, uh, to go and giving 10 days of my life just to help other people do their, do that. No, it's about me. And so long story short, um, it was an, it, the first time I went as a server and it was not silent all the time. We could talk half the time, but we meditated anywhere from through at least three hours a day, um, three hour intervals, morning, noon, and, um, and evening. Plus there's discourse. But I did do five 10-day silent meditations. So that's where I was silent for 10 days, five of them. So you could say 50 days. Um, now, I broke silence a couple of those times it, to ask a teacher a question. So I wasn't 100% silent. I was 98% silent. Um, and it it was, you know, I could only ask the teacher a question for five minutes during lunch one once in the day. Um It was the most painful, the first 10 day was the most painful experience I've ever had. I, my body was uncomfortable sitting for, you know, eight hours, seven hours a day. My knees were on fire. Um, my, 
And what I came to realize that this was all the pent up negativity, emotion, um, fear, insecurity, lack of flexibility, the inflexibility of my mind would showing up in my body. And I got acquainted with it and sitting in stillness. I saw everything that I didn't want to see and I had to face it. And the first 10 days was like, in a way, torture for me. And also it was liberating because I get these glimpses when you get through, um, you know how a log, when it burns, it, it starts getting um, less of the log is there, less of the log, less of the log. And then it, it, it becomes ash. Yeah, well, my awareness did that with my pain. Mm -hmm. Like my body was the log and my awareness and my consciousness was the fire. And so everything that was hard and solid started clearing and, and started dissolving and started, but it was only through slowing down that it could happen. And for the first three days of every other 10 day silent meditations, we practice one, one meditation where we focus on one point right here. So the whole time I'm focusing on one section of reality, I'm letting go of every thought that arises, every belief that arises, every sensation. So let's say my knee's in real pain and, and I'm, I go to my knee and I'm, my mind starts reacting and saying, oh, the pain's so bad. The pain's so horrible. I can't handle it. It's, it's beyond my leg is broken. Like there were times it felt like I couldn't even feel my leg. So every, the practice this is to come back to where my focus is, not, not to focus on that. And so, I mean, I kid you not, Annalena, a thousand times a day, maybe more, I had to continue coming back to my awareness. And it's not even the ability to keep it here. And, and when you slow down, you observe subtler and subtler and subtler and softer realities. That's not even the most powerful part when you first start. The most powerful part is just reclaiming your focus. It's just once it moved to the knee, it's bringing it back. It's that muscle of, oh, I've, I've gotten off focus again. Come back. Mm -hmm. Just that muscle is probably the most profound thing that people can get from slowing down, in my opinion. And then lastly, it's the reality. What happens is when you stay with something and you go subtler and subtler and you're slowing down more. That what you think is happening starts dissolving like the wood of the fire as well. The thoughts of my reality, the view and the, the vision started dissolving. And the fire of my consciousness started burning crystallized belief systems. And I realized that what I thought and what I believed was incorrect. It was wrong. And I'm here experiencing with my own body the truth of something that was beyond what I thought. And that was very revelatory to the point where after the first 10 day, I did another one. Yeah. And then after oh, the second, yeah. I did another one <laughs> and I did another. So yeah. that, that's just a, a little bit. Uh, I, I could talk probably extensively about it, but I think that's, does that answer the beginning of your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I mean, you're not the first person, I mean, have heard from other people from, you know, some people we know in the media or that have written books, they, they share these stories that what really changed their life is when they went into silence for an extended period of time, you know, and, and it's just like, because we live in such a world of distraction and, and my core wound in the gene case is the 40 and the shadow is exhaustion, which is the busyness and constantly stimulation and more and more stuff. And, you know, so, and then the gift is, physical relaxation so it's also everything really and I have to say was the hardest for me because as a manifesting generator I kind of fast you know I want to do all the things and lots of things in my mind and but my message always was I gotta slow down even when I was working with my running coach last year for half marathon oh you gotta slow down I was pushing too hard and then I actually ended I couldn't run the half marathon um so you 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 share with me when you say that I keep hearing the um the the adage slow down to go fast 
yeah it, it really is it's no joke and I mean like you don't want to slow down to go fast like in with the intention like to to get something out of it that's why I actually recently I just I make podcast is the art of slowing down to quantum leap and I just dropped the two quantum leap very intentionally because it's not my intention to make you think that to get something oh let me slow down because that's not a clear energy I just want you to slow down just because and then let life surprise you because that's really yeah quantum leaps magic all these things they truly do happen but it's when we're not looking for it when we're not needing it and I have just experienced this so many times in my own life and I, and I keep getting amazed by it. And I keep having challenges with myself for that because our life is very fast and hectic and very much up in the head. Right. So that's why I think um, that message is really on my heart for everybody. I love that. I love that message. And one thing about being emotional, um, one thing I wanted to share is that what I find is when, so I work with a fun, I work with a lot of clients who, who I build human design in whatever they want. And, and I literally, I tell people that I help people get, you know, a hundred, 200 or 300% increase in whatever results they want because they do it with owning their truth and their inner authority and their human design. And what I wanted to share is slowing down. There isn't a client or a person who I know who has reached whatever goal that they have, whether that's peace, happiness, a, a, a income goal by going really, really, really fast there, they slow down to become more aware. And in the case of an inner authority, uh, most of my clients are operating from the mind. They're operating from what is the mind? The mind is full of other people's beliefs, collective conscious other people's programs, TV shows, other people's modeling, other people's behavior, other people's limitation. But our body is divine and our body has an, I want to call it an impetus, but it has an inner authority, which we talk about that you can feel and it's feeling based. Most inner authorities are a sensation based, feeling based, body based. That means that the, the most intelligent part of you the part of you that has access to all knowing, to all information, is not in your mind. And my mentor taught me this, and I, I continuously tell all my clients, our mind is the least intelligent part of our who we are. It is. It is. Why do we choose to decide or make our decisions from it? Because it's conditioned, because it's acceptable, and because so many people do it. And it's a vibratory place that you meet other people at. And, and, and that's not you will never be fully satisfied, fully fulfilled, fully successful or peaceful if you have that operating to decisions. So the truth is by slowing down, you can tap into the part of you that has the answer and you can listen. And so I, I wrote a few words about this podcast that I wanted to share with you. And there's just the, the words that came to me. The number one was empathy. Mm -hmm. I want That's my city of my conscious son. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Wow. I mean, in the gene case of 13. Yeah. So, and and this is a, a technical term. The number two word I wrote down was kinesthetic, mm -hmm. um, which another the other word is feeling. So they, they can be the same thing, but kinesthetic is body-based. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote down emotion. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down awareness. And I wrote down energy. Mm -hmm. If you, these are, when I think of slowing down, every one of these become clearer, become more of an asset, become useful, become not that which is confused or conflated. Um, slowing down helps all of this. And all of this is how one begins to take ownership of their power. Your power is not always fast either, but it can be available immediately. So I just... I'm passionate about people becoming into their power and doing the uncomfortable work to get there because like you said, it's doable, it's worth it. And that's, what's going to make, that's, what's going to bring all their dreams to them. And even if they were super wealthy and they didn't have, if they don't have this work done, you won't be happy. You won't be fulfilled. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's an inside job, right? So thank you so much for all the wisdom. I probably we could go on forever, but I also wanted to, because I'm going to drop it in the show notes, like if people are compelled to work with you, um, how can they get in contact with you? Who's your ideal client? Yeah, so um, you can just eat. You, I'll give you my website. I gave it to you. Um, you can go to that. I'm at at uh, on Instagram. I'm at nathaniel.woods33 on Instagram. You can direct message me there. Um, on my website, there's a big red button to push. And I'm offering currently for the right people um, just a consultation to be able to get to know more about you and who you are and just to see what you might be looking for and to see if what I do might even be a good fit. And if it is, um, then we can talk about what that would look like and just for a phone call, because I can tell a lot by people's voices and what your intentions are. And if it's not a good match, I have a huge network of people like Annalena who might be a better fit for you. Um, and and I'll, I'll share those resources with you if, if I can't help. Um, and so the other thing is, so my schedule link will be on the website and you asked who is my ideal client. So my ideal client is a woman between 30 to 55 who's an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman who her whole purpose in life is to make a bigger impact in the world. And I do work with a few brave men, by the way, if you're one of these brave men who want to do the work. But it seems to be, from my experience, the women are coming to do the work. <laughs> um, so like 95% of my clients are female. Yeah. And they're ready to do the work. Some of the men. I have the same experience. I've worked with a couple of men, but the majority is women. And just whatever the universe brings to us. So beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you so much for your time, for all the beautiful wisdom, sharing your story. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was really took a lot away from this um, episode myself. So thank you so much for that, for your manifesto power. And um, yeah, you listeners, thank you for tuning in as always. And what's one final word of wisdom or you want to share? I mean, or a sentence you want to share the listeners with? Your body is here to serve you. Your body will always is always on your side. You are never alone. You have access to infinite wisdom and, and help right now by calling on it and there are people who are their whole purpose is here to help you like Annalena and like myself and you must ask for help yeah that's beautiful awesome so thank you so much thank you everybody for listening and I'm super excited to be with you on the next episode thank you for listening to this episode and if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. And if you also know someone that you know in your heart could benefit from listening to this podcast, then I invite you to please share and help me reach more conscious leaders so we together can create global impact. I truly appreciate you and see you next time.